Hey, how's it going, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. This is the Athlete Factors podcast. So, I do not have a guest this week um, for the podcast, unfortunately. So, I recorded it uh, with a good buddy of mine, Jeremy Reed, and that episode will be dropping next week. However, we had some tef- technical difficulties um, during the podcast, and it was, uh, yeah, the recording was not up to uh up to standards let's say so today just wanted to chit chat with you a little bit about the importance of knowing your your calorie need and why that is extremely important whether you're an elite athlete or whether you're just you know a weekend warrior or whether you're just getting into training whatever the case may be it's super important to know at least generally speaking what your calorie needs are. So you can think of it like a budget. So if your goal is to build a new home or build a new house and you have no idea what your budget is, then it's gonna be kind of difficult for that to uh, happen, right? So same thing goes with buying a new car, right? So because there's so much variability in how much cars cost, if you don't know what your budget is, but you're looking to purchase, you know, a uh, <laughs> a Ferrari, but you have the budget for a, you know, an economy car, let's say, then uh, you're probably going to be pretty disappointed when it comes down to it and you don't have the cash, okay? So the same thing goes with your diet. So depending on what your goals are, uh, if you're looking to, you know, turn out an elite performance in a sport, let's say, but you're eating like way, way under on your calories or, uh, or you're trying to lose weight and you're eating way, way over on your calories because you don't know your calorie need, tough. Things aren't going to happen the way you want them to happen. So, there's a couple different ways that you can uh, predict or estimate your calorie needs, and there's no there's no perfect equation. Um, it really just comes down to a little bit of trial and error. Um, it's not all trial and error. The equations that we have now tend to be fairly accurate. So the equation that I personally personally like to use is called the Harris Benedict equation, and that takes into account your gender your age, your height, and your current weight. And with that, you calculate your predicted basal metabolic rate. Your basal metabolic rate is essentially just the amount of calories that your body needs uh, per day in order to maintain um, cellular life, essentially, right? So it's how many calories you would need if you were strapped to a bed and you couldn't move but you wanted to you know essentially keep everything working functionally well so that's just predicted basal metabolic rate from there you multiply that number by an activity factor depending on what your current level of activity is and that will give you your predicted maintenance level of calories from there depending on what your goal is, will determine whether you stay at that amount of calories or whether you reduce it to go into a calorie deficit. Let's say you're trying to lose weight 
or reduce your fat mass, that's the road you'd go down. But let's say you're trying to increase muscle mass or increase just total body weight, you need to move up on your calorie maintenance level so that you're into a calorie surplus. So again, we don't have to be 100% exact because these are prediction equations anyway. And when you end up with, um, with your predicted maintenance level and then determine what your goal is, um, you're not gonna be 100% exact on hitting those numbers anyway. The goal is, at that point, to accumulate a, uh, a significant amount of volume either at maintenance or in a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose fat mass or in a calorie surplus if you're trying to increase muscle mass. And you do that over time. So you don't have to be 100% perfect. You just have to be consistent and patient. And those are two very difficult things to do, especially in today's, you know, day and age where everything is, I want it now. There's no such thing as delayed gratification. But when it comes to sustainable changes with your body, you've got to be patient and you've got to be consistent. So uh, an example of kind of how all this is put together um, is essentially, let's say we've got a person, they, and we don't have to even pick a, a set uh, age, height, weight, gender. We can just kind of go with the generic and just say, let's say there's a person and they put all of those variables into the equation and there are online calculators you can do. Another option is you can contact me. You can send me an email, kevin at athletefactors.com. This is a service that I provide. I'll actually calculate your calories and macros for you and help you kind of get on a, uh, on a plan to determine what is your true maintenance level of calories. And then depending on what your goals are, um, I also provide a monthly coaching program where we can move you towards the direction that you'd like to go. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. Back to uh, what I was saying. So you put in all of those variables and you come out with a number, let's say it's 2,500 calories for their, uh, let's say it's 1,500 calories for their basal metabolic rate. And then based on their activity factor, it puts them at right around 2,500. So 2,500 calories per day, that's their predicted maintenance level of calories. That's how many calories they need in order to maintain weight, but still be able to, um, function optimally, let's say. So from there, they decide, you know what? I need to lose some weight. So from that 2,500 calories, we've got to shift them into a significant enough calorie deficit that over time, we'll actually see some changes on the scale. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of information out there, I guess you could call it, that says, uh, the safe amount of weight loss per week is up to two pounds. Um, anything over that is probably not sustainable and it's probably not maintainable, right? So you're not gonna be able to maintain that amount of weight loss every week and then when you stop losing weight, you're probably not gonna be able to maintain that um, above that two pounds, let's say. But in my experience, even that two pounds is relatively high. 
Um, so I don't usually like to put a set amount or a set uh, standard, let's say, on how much weight needs to be lost per week. What I like to do is, is kind of like a, a ladder approach to where, let's say the first week, if they were set at 2,500 calories to determine if that's their maintenance, then the next week they're gonna drop down to say 2,400 calories per day. So over the course of a week, if they hit their number exactly, that would put them in a 700 calorie deficit for the week, right? Because maintenance was 2,500 and now they're eating 2,400, 2,400 for seven days of the week, that's 700 calories below their maintenance level for the week. Okay, so from there, 700 calories is not a, a significant uh, calorie deficit for a week. It may sound like a lot, but that's really not that much. So you're probably not gonna see any changes on the scale. So what you would do the following week is either drop another 50 or drop another 100 calories below that. So week number one, you're at 2,500. Week number two, you're at 2,400. Week number three, let's try 2,300. Okay, so now at the end of that week, you're an additional 700 calories below the week before, and that puts you at a 1,400 calorie deficit below your predicted maintenance level. So what I tend to do with my clients is recommend that sort of kind of step down program till we get to a point where they're creating enough of a calorie deficit where they're probably losing about a pound or two per week. But then I like to ride that wave as long as possible. And because as you lose weight, you're also reducing your basal metabolic rate, your predicted maintenance level as you lose weight will go down. So every four to eight weeks, I like to reassess and replug those uh, original variables into the equation to see what the new predicted maintenance level is. It's probably not gonna change that much, but if you're losing a significant amount of weight, then you'd wanna check that um, that prediction equation relatively consistently just to see, okay, what is my new predicted maintenance level? I've been doing this calorie deficit program for eight weeks and I've lost 15 pounds, let's say. Um, what's my new predicted maintenance level of calories? Because that's the, that's the way you make things sustainable long-term. So after you've determined, let's say, I'm gonna do a weight loss phase or a fat loss phase. I don't even like to call it that. I like to call it a calorie deficit phase. I'm gonna do a calorie deficit phase for eight weeks. Then after that eight weeks, I'll plug my new numbers in because now my weight is different. I'll plug the new numbers back into that Harris-Benedict equation and I'll see what number it spits out for my predicted basal metabolic rate. And then I'll multiply that by my activity factor and I'll see what my new maintenance level of calories are because that's what you'll wanna go back onto after you've done an eight week calorie deficit phase. And then after spending a set amount of time at your new maintenance level of calories, then you can determine if you wanna go on another calorie deficit phase. So planning things out this way, I find is 
much better for you in the long term. It's much healthier. You're, you're accumulating less metabolic damage. The body has plenty of time to adapt to its kind of new norm or its new set point. And that's how you make changes in body composition stick. So the same is true if you're going on the other end of the spectrum and you're trying to increase muscle mass or increase body weight. So let's say, again, 2,500 calories and your goal is to increase muscle mass so or increase body weight, let's say, because the best way to increase muscle mass is to not only be in a calorie surplus but also hit a um, at least a minimum threshold of protein and then also resistance training. You kind of need those things to stimulate the synthesis of new muscle protein in order to tell the body, hey, we need to accumulate more lean tissue mass and not just, you know, send these extra calories that we're getting into storage as fat. So all that to say, your predicted maintenance is 2,500, but you want to increase muscle mass. So week number one, or let's say week one, you stay at 2,500. Week two, you bump up to 2,600. And now you're in a 700 calorie surplus at the end of that week. And then you do the same thing the following week. You bump up to another, an extra 100 calories. So now you're at 2,700 for week number three. And so on and so forth. And again, you wouldn't necessarily have to continue increasing 100 calories every week or decrease 100 calories every week if you're focusing on a calorie deficit because you'll get to a kind of a tipping point where the body recognizes oh this is a significant enough of a deficit or it's a significant enough of a surplus and you'll see some serious and significant changes in your body weight if that's if that's the measure that you're looking at so uh Another thing that I like to do, um, and I briefly mentioned this when talking about the calorie deficit phase, but um, I like to kind of set up a like a checklist at the end of the week before moving on to the next change in calories, whether it's an increase or a decrease. I kind of have this, this checklist that I go through. So the checklist is uh, for calorie deficit, right? Did I lose more than two pounds of body weight this week? And if the answer is yes, then I actually don't move them to the next uh, change, the next drop in calories. So because one to two pounds I think is relatively significant, I'd wanna ride that wave. So I would stay at that calorie level for another week or two until progress begins to plateau and then drop to the next level of calories, right? So the goal of a calorie deficit phase or a calorie surplus phase is to not make you feel like you're on a diet, especially the calorie deficit phase. The goal is not to feel like you're starving yourself. It's to reduce fat mass on as many calories as possible or to lose body weight on as many calories as possible so that it doesn't feel like like you're starving yourself, like you're, like it's a serious struggle. It's gonna be work, it's not gonna be easy. However, it's gonna be way easier, or it's gonna be um, much easier to maintain and feel like, you know, this, this isn't as much of a struggle as it could be if you're doing things in a relatively, um, 
uh, not excessive manner where you're just like, hey, my maintenance level of calories is 2,500, I'm gonna eat 1,000. Like that's a surefire way to set yourself up for failure. So that's number one on the checklist. With a calorie surplus, it's kind of the same thing. Did I gain a pound? Now, a pound a week, that's, for most people, that's really, really difficult to do. Um, that's a lot of weight gain in a week, um, especially if you're looking to target increases in muscle mass. If you're gaining a pound a week, I guarantee you, unless you're doing something uh, <laughs> illegal, it's probably not lean tissue mass uh, exclusively. So, and it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing to increase your fat mass while you're increasing muscle mass. In fact, to optimally increase muscle mass, it's probably going to be paired with an addition in fat mass. Um, but when you're doing those things together, then you get to a certain point where you then go into a calorie deficit phase and then you decrease your fat mass while maintaining the muscle mass that you've just accumulated. So uh, with increases in, or within, with working into a calorie surplus, increases in body weight between a quarter to a half a pound a week, I find is, is relatively um, sustainable. So more than that, it's gonna be, you know, in my, in my opinion and experience, fairly difficult to maintain. So um, but yeah, that's essentially the setup I do. Um, follow that standard. Uh, after that on the checklist is, did I hit my calorie goal? And then did I hit my macronutrient goal? So when it comes to hitting your calorie and macronutrient goals, um, you're running off the calorie goals that you've set up using that Harris-Benedict equation and then uh, the activity factor, multiplying in that activity factor. And then to find your macronutrient goals, um, this is something that I've written written a book about specifically because um, I've, I found for myself that I had to do quite a bit of digging to figure out what are relatively optimal amounts of all the macros. And then in looking into that, I found that there's really no optimal amount for everybody. It, just like everyone has really unique biochemistry and really unique physiological um, variables, let's say. Uh, we also kind of all share the same rules when it comes to our biology. So we're all working off the same rules, but we all have these slight fluctuations and differences. So you can, you can go on a high protein diet, or you can go on a moderate to medium protein diet, or you can go on a low protein diet, and you can still be successful and reach your goals. The same is true when it comes to fat or carbohydrate. There's no ideal macronutrient breakdown for everyone. So in my, in my book, uh, The Self-Reliant Diet, which hopefully will be available soon, um, still doing the edits and stuff for that, um, I break down how you calculate your calorie needs and then how to pick a set amount of protein fat and carbohydrate to meet that calorie goal. So what I like to do personally with most of my clients is recommend that they shoot for about one gram of protein per pound of body weight per day. I find that that's a, uh, 
it can be a difficult goal for people who are just not interested in eating a lot of protein. So for those individuals, we just cut back and find an amount that they can consistently hit. And that's our second priority, right? So priority number one is to hit your calorie goal. Priority number two is to hit your protein goal. And whatever your protein goal is, um, determine that using uh, whatever amount that you can consistently hit. If, let's say for the person who's shooting for that 2,500 calorie goal for their maintenance level, let's say they weigh 150 pounds, I would have them shoot for 150 grams of protein per day. And if they can't do that, but they can hit 100 grams, then that's gonna be their goal. And I, you know, I want them to be able to hit that every day. So from there, the next priority is to hit your fat goal. And again, for most athletes, I like to shoot for no less than 20% of their total calories coming from fat. And the rationale behind that is just that if you're going below 20%, then there's an increased risk, risk of um, less than optimal levels of uh, lipid-based hormones like testosterone. So, yeah, with that, I just like to to shoot for, you know, uh, 25 to 30 percent of total calories from fat. I find that that's a, a good amount. Most people can do that relatively easily. And then from there, with whatever's left, we just devote that to carbohydrate, and that ends up being quite a quite a high percentage of total calories from carbs and right now uh, because there's so much you know carb phobia that tends to scare people on the front end but then after a week or two of following this calorie and macro setup people tend to notice that they feel really good it's it's not a chore to hit these numbers and they perform really well too so that's essentially kind of how I break everything down. Um, and that's why I believe it's really important to know your calorie needs. Um, if you're doing that, then you're gonna be successful long-term. So thank y'all so much for uh, watching and listening to this. We'll have Jeremy Reed on uh, next week. I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, we had a really awesome conversation. I was you know, really disappointed that uh, we had those technical difficulties, but that's life. So stay tuned for that episode. That'll drop soon. And if you guys have any questions, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can send me an email at uh, kevin at athletefactors.com or send me a message on Instagram or Twitter or uh, find me on Facebook. All right, y'all. Take care.